Hi, welcome back to the Strength is a Cure podcast. I know that I said I'd talk more about the physical side of strength in this episode. However, I've hit upon something that I need to talk about for my own selfish reasons. This process, the blog, the writing, the podcast, the YouTube, it's all part of my own therapy. So I'm going down the path that I need to for my own mental health. I hope that you'll continue to follow along. I said in the first podcast that I didn't cry. I said that crying came later. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. So let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Yeah, no, okay. I just like, I just like that saying. Some of you will know where that comes from. But seriously, here's one of those instances where the tears flowed. I hope I can get through this without shedding any more tears. In the days before my admission to the hospital for my transplant, my wife had purchased some books where I could record my voice so that the girls would be able to hear me whenever they wanted. The books were well done. Each page allowed me to record the words that were written on that page. They were for the stories, Cinderella and the Three Little Pigs. Both, both of those books, with the press of a button, they could hear me read aloud to them the story. It was a neat gift to present to my daughters. They had vague awareness of what was happening and that I was going to be gone for a while. Lana, my youngest, was four at the time and Jenna was seven. Old enough to know that I was going away and eventually coming home, but not quite old enough to understand the full gravity of the situation. Kind of really the perfect age. I gave them the books on the day that I was being admitted. And I almost cried then, but I managed to keep it together. I knew that I would see them soon, or at least in passing. I had, after all, previously been in the hospital at that point for about... 50 days, and so off, off and on through that time. I knew most of what to expect. That meant that they would be able to come see me in the atrium of the hospital, or that they could drive up to the half circle drop-off, and I could you know, run out real quick and give hugs before they went to school. Those moments were fleeting compared to the time that I wanted to spend with them, but I'd take what I could get. It was tough saying goodbye that day. I had my bags packed and the car loaded. None of us wanted me to leave, at least of all myself. But off I went. I was looking at at least 30 days in the hospital, only a minor blip in the grand scheme of things. But any molehill can look like a mountain when you're looking at it from the bottom. I didn't cry then. I got to the hospital, unpacked my bags, and settled down for the night. Amy had gone with me to help carry the burden of all the things that I took with me. She stayed for a few hours and helped me unpack, decorate my room, and eventually she needed to leave. I knew that if it were possible, she would never have left my side at all. And while her leaving was tough, I knew her heart was still there with me. I spent time finishing setting up my room, had my laptop, my iPad, my Nintendo Switch, and lots of books. I was prepared, I thought. I was prepared at least to alleviate boredom, but there are some things that even the best of plans cannot prepare you for. I ordered an early dinner and sat down and watched a little TV. 
I'd already taken a walk, and my goal was to be in bed early. The next day was going to be my first of seven straight days of heavy chemo, and I knew the rest was going to be important. The bone marrow transplant for the BMT for short, was located on the seventh floor of the Ashley River Tower, or ART. Everything has an acronym. The beauty of the location was that the sunsets were fantastic. My room faced the south side, so while I had an excellent view of the Charleston Harbor, I didn't have a great view of the sunrise or sunset. The western side of the building was where our common room was, and there would be a few evenings where a couple of us would just stand there and watch the sun sink below the horizon. I can't tell you the number of times I would be standing there watching the sunset. When you're faced with a deadly disease, you start to see the beauty in more things, and beautiful things have their beauty magnified. The evening of my admission was no exception. The clouds in the sky took a red, pinkish to orange hue as the sun cast its last rays across the low country. The cutlers were spectacular. The sun itself was a tiny orange ball that rolled towards its final resting place on the backside of that line of sight. I could only stand there mesmerized while I watched the colors shift and begin to darken as the sun crept down below the tree line across the Ashley River. I didn't cry then. I took a few snapshots of the sunset to remember the moment and then made my way back to my room. No, it was back in my room when it hit me. Still phone in hand, the door had barely closed when my wife sent me a text. It was a picture of our girls standing arm in arm on the beach with the very same sunset behind them. I wish that I had words to convey the singular emotion of both togetherness and loneliness. I knew that they were there with me, but at the same time, so very far away. We had been able to share the same beautiful moment, but we were miles apart. The colors of the photos matched but the views were vastly different. It was in that moment where I felt a deep sense of love, but the terrible ache of being alone. That's, that's when I cried. <clears throat> I don't know how long I cried, but it was a good cry. I sobbed, and the tears flowed. My shoulders jerked with those spasms that come with a heavy cry. When I was finished, I sniffled and wiped my nose with the tissues that were close at hand. I felt better. I felt relieved. It was like I needed to let it all out, and when I was expended, there was a sense of relief. I slept well that night, probably one of the few nights that weren't miserable in a hospital bed. I wish I could say that after that, I knew everything was going to be okay. I wish I could say that crying made it all right. It didn't, but what it did do was give me some momentary relief, and sometimes that's just as important.
Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.